Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Hi, yes, I'm your host, Mike Domish, and thrilled to be here with an incredible person from our cast today for a special one-on-one interview, and that is with Emmanuel Kelly. Thanks for joining us, Emmanuel. Thank you, Mike. It's good to, uh, it's good to join you, too. I got my big red headphones, and I'm set. I love it. And so, Emmanuel, you and I first met at the Genshai event in San Diego, I think almost, right. I think like four years ago now. It's been a while. It was, it's been a while, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It, it's an, it was an incredible experience. I want you to be able to share your story. I, I think it's always more powerful when the person can share their own background. Uh, and so if you could just give all the listeners, the viewers, a little background on your, your life history and the path and where you are today, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So a little bit about my background. So I was originally found uh, in Iraq. Uh, I was uh, found in a box in a park in Iraq um, where I was uh, then brought to an orphanage ran by Mother Teresa nuns. I was raised there for about seven seven years or so, and they were beautiful to me and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, while I was in Iraq, I met my, my brother today, now brother, who essentially kind of became like my minder in, in the orphanage. But what was incredible about both my brother and I was that we were both the only kind of mentally abled ones in the orphanage, which meant we had to take care of the kids in the orphanage. You know, he had to change diapers. We were, you know, feeding them and things like that. We, In some ways we were like, especially him, he was acting like a 30-year-old when he was only seven or eight years old, you know. So it was one of those things. But at the same time, you know, we found ways to kind of, I don't know, create a, a life for ourselves over there. And, you know, at the end of the day, to us, what we experienced in the orphanage was was normal. You know, it was our normal. But, you know, we, we heard lots of noises and saw some pretty crazy things, you know, that was very sad and hurtful and, and all that sort of stuff and scary most of all. But at the same time, like I said, it was our normal. We didn't know any difference. Moira Kelly, who's my now mother, she discovered both my brother and I when she was in Albania, believe it or not, uh, and a nun had come up to her and, you know, she has a saying, never trust a nun. They've always got ulterior motives, good motives, but ulterior. Um, but uh, I've never heard but, that one before. <laughs> but this nun comes up to her and she says, Moira, you know, I've got these two boys and they really need your help. And, you know, mum's like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know, sister. And, and, you know, it depends where they are, you know. And at that time, mum had like 12 ki- or eight kids ta- and she was taking them to New York. 
for different surgeries and things like that. And the nun says- And she was oh, located boy. in Australia, correct? At the time, she was actually based in uh, in Albania. Oh, okay, so she was based Australia. in Albania. Okay, gotcha. And she's from Australia. Okay. She's, uh, her parents are Irish. She's, she's Australian and her dad's a crazy Irishman. But no, she's Australian. But she was based in Albania at the time. And this nun said, you know, there's these two boys anyway, to cut a long story short. She said, look, sister, I'm not sure if I can get there, but I'll do my best. And she ended up there. You know, she when she was on that plane, she she realized she had a bit of an epiphany and a, and a realization. Who is she in her head? She felt who is she to kind of decide whether someone should live and, and have an opportunity to be helped or not. And so she made the big decision when she brought the kids back from New York to Albania. She was planning to head home to Australia, but then she actually got on a plane and did a detour and, and came to Jordan. It took it about two weeks to get get a visa, and when she got that visa, she was in a she was in a taxi heading heading over to the orphanage. And I remember when she arrived, you know, it was like looking at an angel, to be honest, because she, uh, you know, there was this this feeling about it. And uh, at the same time, I also realized, I started thinking, how the heck did this white woman get into this country? And I mean, she was white. So <laughs> thinking, my God. So, so it was pretty. So crazy, how old are you but, at um, this point? How old there. were you in that? I was, I was probably about four or five. Okay, so four um, or five. She, point. she adopts you. Now, does she bring? No, you- no, no. She, she meets us for the first time. Right. No, I know she meets you. Right. What age does she, does she bring you back? She brings us. She brings. She brings both my brother and I back to Australia when he was about, or uh, over to Australia. Sorry, when he was about eight or nine, and I would have been maybe uh, six or seven. Okay, so there was a little bit of a process, a journey between that time. So there was. There was about three years it took her. Two to three years it took her. Just a great example of determination and and caring oh, love. Yeah. So now Absolutely. she. Now they bring you back to Australia, and yeah. your life progresses, and you get on. The show Australia's Got Talent, yeah, right. And so, how, what? So, did you just do a regular audition? Is that what happened, or did somebody see yeah, you perform well, and say, "Hey, we want to," you know, the producer saw you, kind of thing? Well, no. Funny enough, that how it kind of all 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 took place was, Mum, I was doing really really bad at school. Like I was, I was just not a great student. Put it that way. Um, but at the same time, I was okay. You know, at some things, but. I was a bad student. I got bad grades. I think I got suspended at one stage. I was just a really, a real handful, cheeky little, little uh, rascal. But, and so mum kind of made this rule and, and she knew I wanted to do audition for X Factor. And a really good friend of hers and a, and a friend of the family was an associate producer on X Factor. And she approached mum and she says, look, Emmanuel, you know, Moira, you know, Emmanuel's a great singer. And at this stage, you know, our family's quite well known in Australia. So, you know, this woman's and your done family's known, Your family is known like because of Moira, right? Because of how many because children she's brought in. Right, exactly. Because of mum and, and what she's done and the amazing work she's done. And my brother and I had a documentary about us when we were little. It was featured on, on network TV. And, it, you know, it, we, we, we kind of, mum, mum's work was what established her notoriety in Australia, right? Absolutely. And so anyway, this 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 woman who had, you know, probably worked on a couple of shows that mum's probably been on and things like that, had approached her and said, you know, these boys, Emmanuel, you know, I know he's always wanted to be a performer and a singer, et cetera. Why don't we get him to audition? And mum's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. He's been a pretty bad student, all this sort of stuff. And 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 this woman's like, well, Moira, it's your choice and it's his choice. And she's like, all right, well, look, let's do it. 
you know, I think it's a, it's a really good idea. But then she, when she told me, she said, now, Emmanuel, I've got a big surprise for you. I go, what's that, mum? And she goes, but you have to promise that you'll do your absolute best at school. I said, absolutely, mum, I'll, I'll do it all. I'm going to be the best guy ever, you know, all this sort of stuff. And she goes, uh, and she says, all right, well, I'm going to let you audition for X Factor. I said, oh, my God, mum, that's awesome. You're like the best mum in the world. I love you so much. You know, when a mum does something for you, you're like, yeah. You're the best mum in the world. Right. And they are. The, you know, she is the, one of the, you know, she to me, she is the best mum in the world. But I was also sucking up to the max because I'm like, oh, my God, she's letting me do it. And I've, like, you know, got an F in, in maths this semester. And maths I was horrible at. I'm telling you, I was, oof, <laughs> I was really bad at that stuff. But, um, but anyway, I auditioned for the show. And, you know, in her head, and I only learned this afterwards, she had this, uh, this epiphany and this thought and, and she was telling all our family and friends that, you know, oh, well, I'll let him audition and he'll, you know, he probably won't even get through the auditioning round. <laughs> right, right. But I'll let him audition and then he'll have to do well in his grades because, you know, I can hold that against him, you know. I'm like, oh, and karma, right? Yeah. Karma hit her this time, not me. Yeah, yeah. She said, the nuns, she said the but, nuns have ulterior motive. She had an ulterior motive. <laughs> she, she, had, she had a big ulterior motive. And she's saying things like uh, – you know, he'll, he'll do well and all, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the crowd will love him and they'll give him a round of applause and, you know, he'll feel good about himself. But then, you know, the judges will just be like, sorry, Manuel, you, you got to be leaving. And, and then, you know, I can, he can focus back on school. But of course, when I auditioned, it was, it was mayhem, right? The, 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 the audience went crazy. The crowds went crazy. It was just still today. The memory for me is I keep thinking to myself, I felt like almost a supersonic version of me because, you know, I was on that stage. My adrenaline, adrenaline ran wild. I even forgot the words before I hopped on stage. But somehow I found out to remember, found a way to remember the words and keep going with the song. It was just, it was another, it was another thing that happened on that stage. And then the audience, the, the, the intensity, the viciousness of that, that crowd, but a, a good vicious, it wasn't like a horrible, it was just this, this, wow, they were proud. They were inspired. They were motivated. And I realized from that moment on, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Stand on a stage, inspire the heck out of people, motivate them, make them cry, make them smile. Most of all, as a 17 year old, make all the girls go crazy for me because I'm single and I'm like, hello. So, so, so what so, year is that? What years? Because I accidentally said earlier, Australia's got talent, but it was X Factor. What year did, did you appear on X Factor? Late 2011. 2011. Okay. So yeah. the next year or two is when I run into you at San Diego again, Shai. Uh, yeah. you're, you're starting yep. to come over to America. That was your, I think that was your first major was, trip to America. It was, about, right? it was about literally about two months after X Factor Right, and we meet at this event that's all about coming together and sharing and spirituality and positivity, and we all get to, yeah, it was incredible. We get to hang out. It was wonderful. Uh, and so, and then since then, now you've you've started to make these connections. So you're on stage. Yeah. You're on stage about a month or two ago with, uh, what, I'm forgetting, I'm spacing out right now. The act was, you're in a major concert, the, you're on stage, the, and your mom the, gets, your mom's in the, the audience. The act was, you gotta guess that, mate. Come on. 
oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up because I loved the video and I watched it. I'm like, oh, this is so incredible. I can't believe I'm, I'm just having a brain space right now. So that's all right. That's all right. I'll save you. How's that? Great. I'm here to save. I'm here to save. Yes. The act was Coldplay. There we go. There we the go. Grand, Coldplay. That's no, right. I was, I was doing the whole grand final. The act was. Yes. All right. So the you're on stage was. with Coldplay. It's incredible. People can see this on YouTube. You're on, you're on with Coldplay. Uh, in and now I don't know if this happened before or after, but if I understand right, now you're doing something related to Bruno Mars and his labels, is correct? So about a year and a half ago, I was doing a charity um, event. And at that charity event, I performed and, and did my thing. And, you know, I, I, when I perform Imagine, people somehow and, and incredibly, they get inspired and they, they feel, I don't know what it is, but, you know, to me, I don't think I'm that special, but people somehow connect to it. So, you know, I had the whole typical uh, connection and it was beautiful and it was powerful and humbling. Every time it happens, it's humbling when people sort of stand up and give their support. And it just so happens that in that same room, uh, Philip Lawrence, who is Bruno Mars's business partner and happens to be the guy who um, who launched Bruno Mars's career, essentially, um, and, you know, written every one of Bruno Mars, the songs that Bruno Mars has, he's written every one of them. Um, and so uh, essentially, you know, we have this this moment where uh, where I sing a second song and that was All of Me by John Legend. So you so the business partner hears you do these performances. It's, it's going awesome. After the performance, he comes up and asks me, you know, Emmanuel, are you signed. Do you have a record label? I said, no, no, no I don't have anyone. You know, I'm not signed. And they go, well, don't sign with anyone. I said, why is that? And he goes, listen, I um, I launched uh, and and I'm the head producer and and have been producing pretty much 90% of, of, of a major artist single. But on top of that, I've also produced singles and, and songs um, and written songs for people like Justin Bieber and Sean Kingston and, you know, all these incredible artists and entertainers. Um, and he's written songs for, you know, Everyone you can imagine, from Lil Wayne to to Snoop Dogg to whoever you uh, to right. CeeLo, you know he's written all these songs, right? And uh, and I'm like, oh wow, that's fantastic. And he goes, but probably the most well known act um, is an act which you know I I, I don't want to say too much about, but let's put it this way: I am you know my contract with this act and the contract with with him and and all that sort of stuff, you know. Uh, I'm 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 essentially going to be creating my own label, and I'm like, oh, that's fantastic, and that's really really cool. But you know, LA is full of people that kind of just talk, and are full of people that you know say great things, and you know, and in my head, he's like, you know, I've 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 I'm starting up a good label, and I've done this amazing stuff, and I'm like, so is the Pope, like, the right. Pope's going to start up a label. So when is, when is he actually signed? How long before you actually sign with him? Well, I looked in the car, when I got in the car, I looked up his name and I'm like, okay, who is this guy? You know? Right. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. This is, this is something incredible. Right. He's Philip legit. Lawrence. Right. He's like the Quincy Jones of the 21st century, you know? And, and it's, I'm thinking, my God, this is incredible. I thought, my goodness. So the next morning, you know, that saying where you shouldn't act, you know, play hard, but don't, don't overplay hard. Right. I kind exactly. of overplay, I, I kind of overplayed hard. Um, because what I then did was the next day I messaged his wife and I said, Hey, it was awesome meeting you guys last night and you guys seem awesome and it, it, all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm just wondering 
you know, when you get a chance this week, let's meet up. And if my schedule permits it, then hopefully we can make it happen this week. I had nothing on that week. I right, had absolutely right. zero on that week, but I acted like you know, I was top notch. Probably not a smart idea, but I did. And um, and believe it or not, they sent me a message that, you know, literally about 30 seconds later saying, hey, Emmanuel, uh, we want you to come to uh, to our house today and we want you to meet the team and we want you to meet the family and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Come for a couple of hours. So we went there. We were only supposed to be there from about 3.30 to about 5.30 and the kids were going to have dinner and all that sort of stuff. We stayed there till about 11.30 that night. We just kept talking that's and awesome. just connecting. And it was just, it was this, this feeling that, that you don't really get much with record labels and companies these days. There was this relationship build from him to me, from his family to mine, and they kind of became another family for me here in LA as well, you know. So it was one of those things and experiences where, you know, we became brothers and we had a relationship before suddenly it became all about business and let's sign and let's create music and things like that. So now it's like two good mates, two brothers, just doing awesome stuff, creating music, and hopefully one day inspire millions and millions of teens and adults alike, but teens to love themselves I and love be it. themselves I love and it. Be, be who they are. So you've here's your story. You, I mean, for anybody listening, you think about this. You started in Iraq as an orphan. You also had physical challenges that we have not discussed that certainly made the journey, I'm sure, presented challenges along the way at times. Uh, and so then you're in uh, Australia. Now you're flying yeah. back and forth, L.A., Australia. Yeah. How do you keep a place of mindfulness? So our show is all about mindfulness. How do you question. How do you keep the grounding, the focus? How do you not let all this craziness outstress you? What Do you have a daily routine? You know what? It's very simple. If I got arrogant or cocky, my mom would beat me to death. I'm kidding. No, she wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. She would um, – no, my, if I did get to that point – my mum would knock it out of my system before I knew how to say hi or before I, I, I could even say, hey, mum, I'm home. When you live in a house through your whole life where there's children that are 10 times worse than you, you enter a different world like LA and Hollywood. You can't help but think, my God, how lucky I have it really when I was home, when I saw those kids. Because, you know, mum has a saying, wisdom doesn't necessarily come in suits, Right. These kids taught me more about life than anyone and any adult could teach me. These kids went home. I got to stay in Australia. I got to be, be you know, go through study. I got to have a life. I, I got to have a, a, a mum that truly adored me. And not to say that their, their parents don't adore them, but I had, I, I, I had one of the best lives I could possibly ask for. But to kind of answer your question in how do I get to – inspire people to have that mindfulness and hum and humility when they don't get to have the life that I did. All I can say to them is remember every time that, you know, I don't know if I can say this, but times get shit, right? You can and say I that. You're good. I, I You're apologize. Good. You're good. When, I'm when, sure. when, when sometimes, sometimes you just, there's no other word, but times just get shit. All I can say is remember that there's someone always worse off. And, it may help, you know, people hire therapists and do things like that. You know what? It may help just go into your local soup kitchen and just seeing what the real world is like. And if you are already there because that's your life, then all I can say is 
things can't get any worse. They can only get better. But the only person that can make it better is you. Start believing in yourself. Start loving yourself, most of all. I had the luckiest life, but up until six months ago, I didn't even love myself. I didn't know who I I was. And so my, my drive is to stay like that and to stay humble, I guess, is to remember that I everyone's put on this earth for a reason. Whether you believe in God, Muhammad, Allah, you believe in Buddha, you believe in, you know, whatever it is you believe in, you believe in science and, and a greater creation than us. Whatever you believe in, right, we're all put on this earth for a reason and we're all put on this galaxy and on this universe for a reason. And each reason and each purpose is different. And some people may never find out their purpose because they have to create their own purpose. Some people may find out what their purpose is and only enhance that purpose. I believe that my purpose is very simple and that is for me to essentially be, I guess, some kind of beacon I guess, for people to have hope and love themselves and, be, and and not be afraid of who they are. My dream is to become the first differently able pop success and to use that ability and that power and that establishment to essentially help people to love themselves and, and encourage the world and give the world hope. And, uh, you know, I said in a, in a previous interview that, you know, I'm here. I'm Emmanuel Kelly. I'm not afraid of who I am anymore. And I'm ready to give people hope and to be the first differently able per success that this industry needs, I believe. Maybe it's not from me. Maybe it could be someone else. Maybe it's just me leading that way for someone else. But I'm here and I'm ready and I'm and I'm hopeful and I believe in myself and I'm encouraging others to also believe in themselves and to most of all love themselves. Yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. If someone wants to get a hold of you, Emmanuel, how do they do that? Uh, they can just jump on Facebook EmmanuelKellyOfficial.com, uh, Emmanuel Kelly Official on my Facebook page. Instagram's the same. Uh, Twitter is Emmanuel K Twitter with one T. Twitter wouldn't let me have two T's. Dang it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, jump on there. Other and and there's links to my website and things like that. But yeah, just just jump on those things and 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 you know check it out. And most of all, check out the stuff that Mum Mum also does as well. She continues to do incredible work. So I want people to to check that out as well. Yes, she's an absolute miracle worker. Thank you for joining us. For everyone listening no worries, right now. Mike. Yeah, yeah, this has been fantastic. Thanks, and for anyone listening right now or watching, until next time, may you enjoy everyday mindfulness in your life. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com and check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.